What's up, world? Uh, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Dave, Dave, Dave. Insert here. Yo. It's a terrible game. Bottom line. It's terrible in every way. Graphically, it's terrible. Gameplay is terrible. It's just terrible. Oh, angry Nick mad. That game sucked, and it's gonna suck no matter how many revisions they make, and it just sucked even more because they put a connect with it. Oh, angry Nick mad. Or if there's violence, I'll just laugh and enjoy the fun. Kaz Hazari. Hazari. Kaz Harai. 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 They just kind of got tired of Angry Nick on the first one and said, yeah, I'm gonna pass. But oh, yeah, so I do. It's me, precisely. No. 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 I, I, per- I no. do all my work. No. No. Yeah, I'm you guys are so I don't- cute. Oh, thank you. I try. I mean, let's face it, Mario, and to a lesser extent, Zelda, is what carries Nintendo at this point. Always be radical. I love you, little podcast. You're the bestest thing ever. For the promise of a new Super Smash Brothers and the Zelda game, yes. You will not find a better story presented in any other game genre, in my personal opinion. Like, JRPGs have that. They have that story. That's what the entire game felt like. Oh, my God. God, I want to bang my head into a wall. It's a podcast. Can someone remind me? I thought it was a video game podcast. You are listening to the Game Source Podcast. It is Game Source Podcast 132. My name is Gerald, better known as Yes, Elvis Lives. Uh, we're from yourgamesource.com. That's Game Source on Facebook, at Game Source on Twitter. And I've got a lot of stuff I personally want to talk about what the site is doing, but I'm going to save that for the end of the show because we have a big announcement from our guest today. Uh, actually, he's become one of our regulars. We might He does so much stuff for us. We just, you know, he's one of our own. We, we, we will cradle him in our bosom here at Game Source. Please don't do that. So Please don't do that. If you want me to come back, <laughs> do not put me anywhere near your bosom. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. It's Rob McCallum, uh, the director of Nintendo Quest, Missing Mom, the Kitty documentary, um, the previously announced He-Man documentary, and um, I will just give the floor to you and uh, have you take it away, sir. Sure, it's a pretty exciting day. Uh, Some of you on social media may have seen the announcement, I think maybe four or five hours ago. Uh, I'm teaming up with uh, Doug and Nicole, who are local game store owners here, Retro City Games, Henderson, Nevada. And uh, we are going to make a film on box art in the world of gaming. And quite simply, we've titled it Box Art, a gaming documentary, because it seems like an injustice that nobody has done a documentary yet or even kind of chronicled video game box art. Uh, with baseball cards, with comic books, you know where you can go to find the value and who's responsible for that stuff. But in the realm of video games, you don't have that luxury. So what's the deal? Um, And this all really got started by their shop and they were able to take in some early design uh, and box artwork for a company that used to be based in Vegas. And they don't know what to do with it because they don't know the story behind it. They don't know the actual artists. And I thought, wow, this would be a really great documentary. So why not let's follow their journey as they try to find the concrete example in front of them, but let's find out who else is responsible for all those iconic images that are out there that we know and love that some of us actually probably associate more than the actual games that they represent. So there's just so much to tell. There's so much to delve into. And of course, uh, the documentary, we want to cover all areas of gaming, uh, and on the console side and on the PC side, uh, and even looking at stuff that's current today. So this won't be just a retro uh, doc, so to speak. They'll look at contemporary uh, styles and processes for box art nowadays and what mobile does for box art and what the differences are. So it's uh, it's pretty exciting, and our participant list is is growing and just evolving every, every moment. Well, that's definitely when it was announced today, and... And I kind of got a wind of a feel of it uh, earlier today when I stopped by Retro City Games. And if you are in the Las Vegas area, I just want to make sure everybody knows to stop by Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, mm-hmm. uh, suburb of Las Vegas. Uh, they are great people there and they have a great store. And if you are a fan of anything retro gaming, even from the last console era on, uh, they can they have it for you. And if they don't, they will get it for you. Plus, they have such a unique store and a unique base of customers there. 
Uh, they have their game nights every month. They're just a great place to go. They're really good people. And I'm just so happy for all of you as far as this, this project is concerned. Um, but I know you touched on box art, box art just a little bit uh, in uh, Nintendo Quest. And if yeah. you haven't seen that already, the, the, uh, it's on Vimeo, if you want to catch it on Vimeo. Um, uh, did you want to talk a little bit more maybe about how else they can also get uh, Nintendo Quest or is just Vimeo straight up right now? Well, we, we've made it uh, it's really simple. Go to NintendoQuest.com and there's the links that'll take you to not only the Vimeo On Demand page, but there's links on NintendoQuest.com for the Power Tour series that debuted yesterday, which shows Jay and I going across the country uh, basically rolling out the film in a bunch of cities that we had both filmed in and a bunch of new communities that we discovered. So, you know, expect a lot of sarcasm because, of course, it's Jay and I. Uh, game hunting and just uh, meeting new members of the community and checking out new shops. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Episode 1 LA is out there. And every month we'll drop another episode and there's going to be eight in total by the looks of it. I actually saw the first episode yesterday. And uh, let's see, uh, Carrie Swadecki. Uh, yep. she, uh, <laughs> she gets the best, uh, spoilers, she and Jay, uh, might have a, a little something to do as far as a little, maybe some type of competition, maybe. Well, let me just throw it out there that I like putting Jay in awkward situations that make him feel uncomfortable. Hence the whole premise behind Nintendo quest. Uh, and when I knew we were going to be in LA and I knew Carrie was going to come and check out the screening, I thought. Well, I wonder what I could cook up between Jay and a world record marathon just dancer who was getting ready to do over 130 hours straight without kind of stopping. So, well, you'll have to watch the episode to see what kind of happens between those two and how Jay reacts to literally being dropped off in the middle of nowhere and all of a sudden she appears. Especially in L.A. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So... Being from SoCal for, for the first 25 years of life. Uh, I, I understand that could be uh, quite harsh. Uh, but before, before we jump on off, Gerald, what did you think when you heard that I announced that that box art documentary? Because I don't think I got, I don't think many people knew, and we were just gaining enough momentum that we, I was starting to get a bunch of questions in. So I thought I'd better just kind of throw it out there. What well, was your gut reaction to that? Well, my gut reaction to it was um, I thought you were going to lean towards something towards the Genesis. Uh, you had hinted, uh, you and Jay had hinted, I guess, you know, from time to time when asked about leaning possibly into that genre, uh, into that, that realm and time frame for video games. But to, for box art, I know this is something, like I said, you had touched on um, briefly in your, your awesome film, Nintendo Quest. So... Definitely, this is something that, uh, like you said, no one else has approached. Uh, it's a very novel concept, and it's something that really, as I know you can do, will actually just come off very, very well to an audience. I will say that this is not the follow-up to Nintendo Quest that Jay and I have been talking about. That still exists, and it is still bigger, crazier, and more mind-blowing than Nintendo Quest in every way. But we got to wait to see how Nintendo Quest does before we can take on the next adventure uh, with with Jay. So this is kind of something that basically was born out of everything going on with Doug and Nicole and Retro City Games, and they're basically the treasure that walked kind of through the door, more or less. And I know Doug and Nicole kind of followed up to see what it was. And when I got the call about it, man, I was like, there's something here beyond just this thing that walked through your door. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, let's team up. Let's do something cool. Let's represent the Vegas community. You know, it, it's really starting to grow and really coalesce as, as a retro gaming era, uh, you know, kind of group. But th this is something that goes beyond just retro gaming. And I think it's something that when people think about, everyone smiles. When you, when you think about gaming box art, you're just filled with nothing but awesomeness. You know what I mean? It's, it's just positive stuff. So well, as someone that is an older gamer, and whose uh, first real system, yes, I did get get Pong, uh, but first real system was the Atari 2600. Um, the box art was the main reason which you bought sure. uh, particular games. It wasn't because of the graphics, and it wasn't because you had seen a gameplay trailer or anything like that. It was box art. That's what captured your imagination, was the great designs, the, the fancy art, uh, whether it was the you know, pirate ships or, or racing cars or 
or what have you, or even just the the Pac-Man straight up. Yes, everybody knew that Pac-Man existed, but that box art on on the original 2600 Pac-Man was was truly, you know, awe-inspiring and just made you just want to get it that much more. So, uh, you know, coming from my my end and then evolving into um, the Commodore Amiga phase, um, which was also a good part of my early 90s, late 80s, early, good early 90s, uh, I know that uh, box art was really, again, um, something that, that was paramount as far as something that might attract me from one game to another. Yeah, I mean, it's it, and it's that kind of relationship that we want to explore, the way in which you were drawn in by that. And some people will say, oh, you know, I got the, the game because of the box, and then I played the game, and it was nothing like the cover art. I was let down. You know, I only had the box art to go on. But then, you know, so people felt like maybe cheated by the cover at first. But I think looking back now, we can all see that that cover informed our imaginations on what that gameplay was supposed to be. The box art elevated the thing that we were playing. And I think maybe nowadays it's an inverse relationship where a lot of box art that we see nowadays is lesser than the game that we're playing because for lack of a better way to describe it, we're just getting a screen grab from some fancy camera setup within the actual game engine and it's slapped on the cover and we're getting some fonts on, on top of it, like a nice logo treatment. And that's it. We're not getting that awe inspiring imaginational drive. I don't think I really look forward to talking to some contemporary and current artists to see what they think about their approach and, you know, the boxer that they love growing up with and maybe why they're not doing stuff like that. So what is that evolution? I, and I think box art, a gaming documentary is going to be, really interesting and i think there's a lot of stuff to mine and i just i'm really actually curious to see what that the story is that doug and nicole dig up on the artwork that they've got because it's really cool to see gerald and when you come by to retro city games next time if they have some of the stuff there i'll show you it looks like a like a physical photoshop file they literally have layers and layers of like tissue papers and like like nintendo transparencies like on top of stuff so you look at it you know it looks normal but then you can kind of peel it back almost like, you know, a literally like a Photoshop. Layer. I don't know how better to describe it than a layered piece of physical art. It, it's really something to kind of take a look at. So and, they hope- seem, and they all have their each, like you said, they all each have their own story behind it. So yeah. it just makes it that much more intriguing. Very and so. also, also, like you said, um, today's box art is even more, how should I say, it's so simplistic compared to that era compared to, you know, even 20, 10 years ago, it's so simplistic. So in many ways, it, it's so advantageous uh, for for people to go out and just get a little bit more creative with their box art and go back to, to what once, you know, sold a lot of customers like me on different games. Sure. And, and I, I, we will be doing a Kickstarter for it, of course. Um, we need people's help. And I think the community is pretty excited by it. It's only been you know, five hours into day one and people are like, oh my God, best idea ever for a documentary. And honestly, other than maybe doing something on music, and I know there's a documentary in the works on the music of the of video games in general, this seems like the next logical kind of era to, or area to kind of look at and, and not exploit, but really, really dig deep into. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what we can discover. And, you know, just talking to like artists on the phone already, it's it's changing what I thought this film might look like uh how it's going to roll out so it's 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 a journey it's another adventure i get to go on ah it's, well it sounds good and i'm definitely looking forward to it there you go that i like that nice soft haze i had there for a second maybe it yeah. makes me 10 years younger but uh <laughs> it's uh definitely something i'm looking forward to and if there's anything that that we can do there uh, is there's Game a Source. lot that i would love game source to, to help me with there's, there's a lot. So I, I really hope to, to rope you in, take advantage of all your kindness and your generosity, uh, and lasso you as, as part of this as much as I can. Sounds good. Uh, any way I can help, you know, you know we're there. And uh, because you've helped us, especially with uh, certain projects like, uh, what are you playing now that we get, you know, handed over to you? Well, I, I do have my hands on uh, <laughs> Divinity Original Sin, the Enhanced Edition for PS4, which is cool. And of course, Transformers Devastation are two of the most recent games uh, that your game source has been able to throw my way in exchange for a well-thought-out uh, review or impression piece, I-, I would say, which is really cool. And when you hear the next uh, GamerCast, Glenn and I talk about our experiences looking at Transformers Devastation, and there's more than one mention of uh, your game source. So, 
and we appreciate it. Um, we want to. We kind of want to be the Siskel and Eber of, of Game Source. You know, kind of point counterpoint. We, how can we make that happen? Uh, we do have a we do have a point counterpoint page, and and uh, little did I know when um, you guys submitted your reviews back to back that you would be a point counterpoint with you guys on Transformers Devastation. It, it was interesting to see where we aligned and yet differed, but in like. What he thought was bad, I, I was able to kind of turn into something a little bit more positive and, and vice versa. So nothing ever comes off as harsh because there's a loving look at both sides, I think. Well, I'll, uh, I'll throw that to you first. Um, I know his thoughts. And if you want to read his thoughts verbatim, um, they're on our Reviews 2015 page at YourGameSource.com. Um, but I want to hear your thoughts. And I'll throw this topic first. We're going to save it for later in the show. But why not let's throw it first? Do you think Transformers Devastation, in your opinion, could be that sleeper hit that that many could be using um, as far as concerned for this holiday season? You know, they're always people are always looking, you know, to get the big AAA titles. But what about those titles that they might be able to get for a good deal that came out maybe August, September, October? You know what I'm saying? I think it's a solid game. I, I think the action is intense. I think it's very arcade-driven. I think there's a lot of cool callbacks to other kind of gaming styles and, and other genres of gaming's yesteryear. I think if you're not a Transformers G1 fan, like you didn't grow up with that, and maybe that's not such a hard thing to imagine. Maybe most of us are. But I think if you strip that element away from it, and it's something that Glenn and I talked about, would this game sell? Would we even play this game if it wasn't you know, just doused in Transformers nostalgia for the, from the 80s cartoon. I don't think we would, and I don't know that I would enjoy it as much because the things I enjoy most are deeply entrenched and the sound of transforming, being able to transform with those characters, being able to use them in different situations and seeing those familiar foes. Um, so if you're a Transformers fan, you'll definitely enjoy this. I think you're going to get probably only a couple weeks if you go hard at it. I... I don't know if it's that sleeper hit. I, I think it's I think it's a solid game. I think it belongs on someone's shelf that especially as a Transformers fan. But I don't think it's gonna be like the forgotten game of the PS4 library that everybody loved but forgets to mention in the top ten list. I don't think it, it'll have that status. It's a good game though. It's just a really solid uh as far as it's good, it's what, hard, 15, right? It's, 20 it's, hours? it's a solid game, but there's nothing special about it. And that's so hard to say. But I think everybody knows what I mean. Like it's good. But why am I impressed? Like, am I should I just be impressed because it's a good game nowadays? And sometimes I feel like, yeah, that is impressive when a game just comes shipped, ready to play without anything broken, and it is just good and gravy across the board. There's nothing wrong with seven point fives as far as no. that, that's out there. As far as you know, using even though I know you don't like to score games, and I totally respect that. But that's we're just throwing that seven point five because that seems to be the standard as far as uh, you know a good game. Um, you know, some of the, the, you know, Destiny. Destiny was a title that was, in many considerations, a little bit of a disappointment, but it fell in a Metacritic to about a good game. And look what it has evolved into as far as an experience is concerned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. So, so I, th- I think if you're on the fence, but you're a Transformers fan, you got to pick this up because you'll have more than enough fun playing with it um, than you would maybe something else that you're already on the fence about the the transformers lore is enough to pull you in even though maybe they could have taken that one step further to please like the hardcore fans do you think it was something to do with the constrictions maybe that a license game may have as far as budgetary concerns are are maybe i i think i think everyone has budgetary concerns and i think it's it's relative i think when you have a license like transformers you're going to want to pay to get the voice actors in for maybe you would use that budget somewhere else on an original game, right? Because again, they're trying to hook that very nostalgic look at it. Um, I I think they wanted to see how this would do. They're not advertising the current film franchise, which is what is kind of in everyone's brains. And that's what the kids are familiar with. The kids aren't familiar with this version of Transformers. So it's kind of a risky market play. You know, it, it has the nostalgia going for it, but it's not current. So I think maybe they were kind of cutting things back, trying to make the most out of all the levels they had at their disposal and just playing it safe to see what the reception would be like. I can uh, totally understand that. Uh, and, you know, coming off the debacle, debacle just a couple of weeks before with Tony Hawk, 
um, as far as Activision license games are concerned. At least to see Transformers was something that that a lot of people can play and enjoy. Um, Glenn, like I said, had his thoughts not only on a reviews page at yourgamesource.com, but he also, like you briefly mentioned, that he had on your GamerCast too. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. We we talked about it briefly going back and forth, and we look forward to reviewing the same game in the future to see how that transpires. Well, I was um, hoping to uh, get that chance uh, with Divinity Original Sin, the Enhanced Edition, but uh, Jamie uh, wanted to uh, also do that as well, so I know he's going to try and do what he can to stream it, um, hopefully get maybe some co-op t- time with uh, with you if he gets a chance, But you're, if your times are aligned. But uh, definitely I know that you're delving deep into that Divinity Original Sin Enhanced Edition uh, these are just just one of the games, uh, a couple of the games that we've been able, fortunate enough to to get, as far as uh, straight from these these uh, developers and public relations companies and what have you. And if you, I want to talk to everyone out there real quick. If you are interested, possibly in reviewing games for us, whether it's AAA games, indie games, and things of that nature, um, just give us a shout out. Info at yourgamesource.com and, and and you know it's we try to do what we can to provide as many games. Uh, as possible uh, for for our guys to cover. I mean, we, there's a lot of games that that our that our staff just cannot take care of. I would like to get everybody maybe to take a look at a game that's on iOS and Android. It's a little hack and slash game called Dash Quest. Uh, a good buddy of mine, Jeff Evans at Tiny Titan Studios, based in our hometown of London, Ontario, developed this game, and he gave me the beta just in time for me to fly back to London the last trip I had. So I played it for like four hours. And on the surface, you're just sitting there going kind of straight up. It's like kind of like a top-down isometric view. And you're just on a straight linear path and, and basically chopping down enemies that come. But there are some really kind of deep action RPG elements. You can level up your weapons and buy new gear and, and take on new things. And the whole object is how far can you dash and get into your quest. And what looks very simplistic and, and maybe straightforward becomes a really kind of cool resource management and, and strategy kind of gameplay. Because when you die, even if you're on level three, you go back to level one. So you got to go through everything all over again and figure out what your strategies are and their spells that you can cast and how you're going to level up your hero. So check out Dash Quest, Tiny Titan Studios. It's free. There is a paid version to remove ads, but the ads, they didn't bother me. Um, if you want to do the paid version so you're not interrupted as much, I totally get it. But check out Dash Quest. You'll have fun. And it looks like Link to the Past. That's the aesthetic they got. So how can you say no to that? Exactly. And, and I know Glenn was looking uh, at, uh, you know, as far as this concerned, he was sharing that on his social media accounts, uh, and so, as did we. So we really uh, hope for the best as far as it's concerned. And that is Dash Quest. And you can just find that on iOS and yep. Android. Is it something better on the smartphone or better on a tablet, per se? Well, I was on a plane, right? So I was just sitting there tapping away in my seat. I, I'm sure you could sit there and, and, t- and tap away with your finger on a tablet if you wanted. Um, I think with a tablet, you could probably see more of the options and more of the upgrades for your different stats, you know, in between your, your death. So basically, when you die, that's your chance to kind of enhance your character to, get, to go dash once more, mm-hmm. if you will. Uh, and I hear there might even be an event for Dash Quest. Dash Sember is coming up. I pushed for Dash Tober, but I think it's going to be Dash Sember. So this December could be Dash Sember. So keep an eye out for that. So I, either way, either tablet or phone. And that's uh, Dash Quest. So take a look out for that, everyone. Uh, seems like, hey, it's free. What more can you say? It's you, free. It's free. You'll have fun killing five to ten minutes between tasks doing this, I guarantee Exactly. And with some of the games still having loading time issues and things of that nature, just pick up your phone, play Dash Quest in between, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll probably forget about that game that's that's loaded and ready to go. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, speaking of games, uh, it's Paris Game Week in Paris right now. Uh, you don't another... speak French, do you? Uh, not well. It's Je de semaine en Paris. Yes. How yes. about that? Exactly. There you go. Je viens de Come on. Much Come better on. than hey. Yeah. You speak, from but, Canada. There you go. There you go. Um, Canada, buddy. But I could probably get you on some Tagalog, but we won't go there. Um, <laughs> it is again Sony's uh, Paris Week, Paris Game Week for all the uh, console makers that are out there. Sony and Microsoft are out there pitching hard as far as all their wares, but Sony decided to 
bypassed Gamescom for their annual press conference and decided to go ahead and do it there at Paris Games Week. And they had almost a two-hour press conference that they showed yesterday with a lot of great games, some game announcements, and a ton of VR at the near the end. So um, I know you and I both got the chance to see it. Um, just uh, before I go in with some thoughts, just how about how did you enjoy it overall, and what were some of the key points that stuck out to you? I, I really just like the whole idea of a live presentation. I don't know what it is. It makes it feel immediate. It makes it feel like they're trying to reach out and, and be a part of it. And this is nothing against Nintendo and Nintendo Directs, which are always, you know, professionally polished performances. And but one's coming up soon, by the way. Apparently. Apparently one is coming up before the end of the year. And they may be announcing some unreleased games that nobody knows about yet for the Wii U and the 3DS. I, I imagine they're going to be digital offerings. but And mobile, too. They're ta their mobile game they should be announcing, I was told, maybe they, in as little they as just, they, hours. they just announced it before we went live, and it got pushed to uh, March. It got pushed to March because they, they need to explain it better to people and market it, which gives me goosebumps. Which gives me goosebumps. But did they title it, or did they give it any? Just they, just... they did. Uh, our good friends at Nintendo Life, where I saw the the post. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick here. Which, by the way, has a review of your movie, if I'm not correct. It does. Nintendo Life was kind enough to review um, uh, Nintendo Quest. It's called Mitomo. M I I T O M O. Mitomo. Uh, it's the first smartphone game. It's believed to be like a street pass for your amiibos, but on your smartphone. But we don't have any confirmation of that either. So, Mitomo, March 2016. The fact that Nintendo wants to push off and maybe work on explaining something gives me chills. It's a little <laughs> kind of anti-Nintendo legacy where it's usually so intuitive that you can just kind of pick up and run and figure it out. Nintendo, the last few years, it seems that you need, you know, instructions and assembly, you know, required kind of deal. So... And that's, uh, and that's something, I'll, let me just interject real quick. That's something I talked about with Doug from Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada today. Yeah. Uh, we talked at length about some of the issues that the Wii U had had and why it might be pushed to the side a lot sooner than a lot of people had early anticipated because of the NX. And that I think the intuitiveness was one of the key points that both he and I brought up as far as for a, the general consumer. Yeah, it, the the word the only thing that they could maybe be do worse for public opinion and confusion is title remove like the NX moniker from their next system and call it the Wii U two. I think that would probably like be the nail in the coffin. I think that would ultimately confuse people even more. So we'll see if Nintendo sticks with the NX moniker or whatever they want to call it. But uh, we'll we'll see what they go for. But yeah, I mean Sony's conference. Uh, I don't even know what to say. I mean, I only watched it hours ago. I, I thought not that much, but at the same time, it's going to be interesting to see what comes out and how it actually plays out. Uh, I'm still excited for No Man's Sky, most out of everything. Uh, and the idea that on one hand, it's a game where you're fighting in space and there's all this stuff going on. And on the other hand, you are you can be like a, an explorer discovering planets and species and you know, just doing that. And so I really like that dichotomy. I don't know what the story is yet, though. What is the narrative, and how do you fit into that? Uh, does it con does it concern you? Um, because one of the points I wanted to bring up, bring up is that it seemed to be just totally tucked in the middle of it, and they just kind of just almost blended over it. And I understand that they gave it a June 2016 uh, release window, but they kind of kind of glossed over it, which was I don't know. It, it's supposed to be such a marquee title for PlayStation and just where they placed it in the middle of the, the press conference and so quick um, seemed kind of concerning. And obviously the fact that it's still not ready for another nine months when it was debuted uh, over two years ago is has to be of some concerns to, to anyone that, that's following the game as closely as you and I. So let me ask you this. Would you have been more concerned if it wasn't shown at all? Because I think they realize that we have to show this. Maybe we don't have anything new to say. Well, I guess you, there's PlayStation I, experience. I think they could have waited until then. I think they've got it. If they're going to do their own conference in, in Paris Games Week, that game has to be there. They, they spent a lot of money putting this presentation on. They're going to tout every game that's out there. I think the problem with uh, No Man's Sky is that it's more popular than Sony maybe had bargained for, and now they don't know what to do with all this momentum because it's not ready for another nine months. What do you do? 
Exactly. So they they had to include it. They put it in the middle so that everybody would know what was there. And now it's okay. Let's move on to the other kind of new announcements. We know what's coming, and we haven't forgotten, guys. But here's some other things that you know you should be excited about too. But just so you don't forget, here's No Man's Sky. Well, fair enough then. Uh, but what some, were some of the other key points that that uh, stuck out to you as far as the show is concerned? Maybe an overemphasis on VR and the problem with actually trying to demonstrate what VR looks like on a presentation because it looks just like a normal game because you're using 2D screens and you even have the disclaimer that says, you know, cameras altered for flat screen display. So yeah, it's unfortunately the kind of thing that you have to be there to experience. And they tried to get at that with uh, the one game, uh, which is based on the film The Walk, which is based on a documentary that won uh, a Best Academy Award in 2011, I believe, which is a great film. you got to check that out. Uh, so you can see how people were reacting, how realistic it felt for them to walk across the tightrope between the, the two towers, of course, with the with the headset, the VR underneath. It looked like they were bundling up for Hoth with, the, with all the gear that they had on them. But uh, it looks fun. I think everybody's going to want to try it once, like the Wiimote, when the Wii first came out. But is it going to catch fire? Is this like 1994 again with full motion video with the Virtual Boy? Is this, has, it, has virtual reality come full circle? How necessary is it going to be, if, even if it is perfected? Is it going to take that plunge to gamers that, that we need? Well, I think also as well, like you said, it, it has to be advertised and promoted, unfortunately, onto 2D screens via either computer or televisions. And that is so very hard for the regular consumer to understand or, or for Sony to convey it to consumers as far as the actual experience is concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, I mean, how many people are actually going into the, I'm assuming, Best Buys or Walmarts or what have you to try all these, you know, to even a sampling of the PlayStation VR once it comes out just so they can get an idea? Because, you know, when PlayStation, uh, obviously, as it gets closer to that window, they're going to be doing the majority of their advertising via 2d formats it's going to be one of those things right where not a lot of people are going to have it at first and you're going to go over to that guy's house to try it out and then you're going to make the decision do i want to spend the 800 dollars on the the vr rig plus console or whatever and then i just don't know it's going to be such a slow road roll it like when blu-ray players came out they were 900 i bought a ps3 because it was 600 at the time you know so I don't know. It's going to be such a hard sell that only the gutsiest of the gutsiest or only the dedicated or only those that have been following and have experience might take the plunge for something. I do think it's cool to see Gran Turismo and and the idea that that could have a virtual reality component. I think that'll be fun that for some reason, I think of like Daytona racing in the arcade, the way that the, the chair shook and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see how that goes. But I don't know what that motion experience is like. So I'm curious to see where it goes. Uh, I know with the Oculus Rift, playing around with that, that sensation was almost too intense, and you had to limit your gameplay. So are people going to plunk down a lot of money for something that they don't have a lot of exposure to that they can only play for limited amounts of time? I don't know. I don't know. And one of the things they always say as far as the concern is that it's going to limit the amount of of nausea headaches or anything of motion sickness or anything of that they always claim in interviews that that there is no problem with that but ultimately they are not certain as well because they can't dictate how many you know x amount of people that are going to play it are going to have these issues yeah. and have these type of problems so or you or, or people that go out to a bar and come home and they're not tired and then you know they've had a few cocktails and now they're going to throw this on and are they going to throw up because all of a sudden it's motion sensitive like there's just scenarios that they're not going to be advertising and that are going to get on the news. Another person, you know, throws up after playing, you know, Sony VR. So exactly, exactly. Uh, um, anything else that stuck out for you? Uh, Detroit stuck out for me a little bit. I didn't see that coming near the end. And as interesting as the narrative looks, I feel like I've seen that story a million times through sci-fi movies or fiction in, in general. Uh, as a guy who travels through Detroit a lot, because that's where I land when I go on route to Canada, they definitely nailed the visuals and stuff. Um, all those landmarks look like perfect, as you would imagine anybody that wants to invest money to 3D recreation of that would. Um, I would like, to be honest, even if it sounds as cliche as what they're pitching as the narrative, I'd rather be a human than have to be Kara, the android, who thinks she's alive. 
because that's a disconnect for me as a person where I'm playing as an Android who thinks she's alive, but I don't understand that it's easier for me to be a human to be sympathetic towards that and have to make those moral decisions, whether I guard her life as if she is real or not. And of course, of course it has to, uh, you know, take on some, some reality tones as far as with uh, dealing with racism, things of that nature being, being that the, you know, the androids are treated as second class citizens and things of that nature, which we have seen on, on numerous occasions with, with Android films. Um, Mm -hmm. So that part of it is nothing new for me. Um, The look of it was really nice. Uh, Quantic dreams has, uh, you know, always done a great job as far as the look and the visuals um, and their ideas have, have been very good. Um, just with heavy rain and beyond two souls, um, it, it's touch and go as far as them being able to, to execute a full, um, powerful game and a powerful story that they wanted to convey. It some, always seems to go, go awry at some point in time, um, yeah. that are best ideas. Uh, uh, speaking of stuff that could go awry, the demonstration we saw for dreams, don't know i don't know again this is something that looks interesting but with a narrative that's kind of out there and it really felt like a stagey performance to try to get me interested in that i liked the visuals i thought it was neat maybe they should have kept that for its own video as far as maybe promoted on a a youtube format or or something of that nature Uh, i don't know if they that was meant for for an audience that it kind of slowed everything down don't you think yeah, because they were trying to explain the mechanics so in-depth and how it worked. It's clear that even they know, the devs, that there's a barrier to entry on that game that you can't just pick up a controller. You, you're either going to play and make. You're either going to make stuff or you're going to play it. And then you've got to kind of figure out how these pieces go together. It's just too complex, especially in comparison to something like Mario Maker, which is so intuitive that it, it hurts to put it down because it just invites you to constantly create. You know, exactly. Or even, uh, you know, the, the, the preceding stuff, as far as concerned, little big planet was, was very easy to, to go mm-hmm. ahead and build, build worlds as far as the concern and, and a lot, uh, you know, more intuitive, as you were saying, um, as far as what you can do and what you can create. And I'm sure dreams and the ultimate, you know, what, what do you say at the end, as far as the sizzle reel from that trailer at the end of shows all the different things you can do with it. The problem is, like you said, are people going to go to the great lengths necessary in order to do it? Yeah, it's it seems like really complicated and that the better experience is when you've got people to play it with. And again, the idea that it's kind of a motion control thing. I don't know. I don't I don't think it's for me. <laughs> those move controllers, they really can't they can't give those away <laughs> at this point. Definitely not, man. It's almost like the Destiny bundles nowadays. There's so many of those, it seems. And now that they've got another one with the Taken King, it's like, what about that Arctic white one that was clean from last year? Those are everywhere, it seems. So Exactly. A lot, yeah. lot of piled up hardware for Sony, but that's what happens when every kind of AAA game comes out and you give it a brand new console edition. Did you know that Canada has an NHL edition of the PlayStation bundle? I did. I did. And then also as well, the... I know with, you know, it just depends on the region, you know, whereas, you know, Xbox does the FIFA 16, which is still yeah. here, but is heavily promoted, obviously, in Europe and whatnot. Sure. Uh, but I did I did hear about the NHL 16 for, for Canada. <laughs> the NHL, but it's just a, a standard black PS4 console, which by default now is becoming more rare than some of the other colored ones. But they should have done a silver one for the Stanley Cup. I'm just saying. Yay, come on. You, you could have made that happen. So, or, or sometimes, you know, just go out of your way to do something special uh, for having it on yeah. there. But, it seems silly just to include that on the console box, an image of the game. So, exactly. Uh, or maybe, you know, Canada itself right on there. Maybe there Canada's go. colors. There you go. There you go. There A red go. and white PS4. I can deal with that. What did yeah. you think of uh, Wild? That's the Shaman game, right? Yeah, that's the Shaman game, the one everybody's going nuts over because you can ride a bear um wait wait a second everyone's going nuts over this game please tell me why people are going nuts over this game because of the things you can do that were so different they're supposedly so different it's just 
you know, we, we've already seen, uh, you know, the characters within game is on numerous occasions ride animals as far as it's concerned. But the fact that you could ride a bear, I know IGN uh, and some other outlets were going crazy as far as it's concerned. Or you can summon an eagle or, or you know, the snake, deal with the snake or whatnot. It looks okay. It looks looks pretty good. But Gerald, like looks aren't enough anymore. Dreams, no, look, I, dreams looks okay. Detroit looks okay. Wild. What we saw looks and that leads to my point here is that there, there needs to be some substance as far as it's concerned and depth. And is there more that you can do except for just, you know, summoning certain individuals? I know with Horizon, as far as it's concerned, which we saw again um, displayed, at least it looks like on the service that, you know, that that game is a little bit more than as far as the aesthetics is concerned. And that's why I believe, you know, that game out of any other um, that was uh, shown might have more promise than, than any at this point in time outside of Uncharted 4, of course. I got to say, I didn't really feel too much for Horizon when they kind of showed it at E3. And I guess some people are saying they showed very similar footage this go around. Um, but for whatever reason, and maybe it's because of the other stuff that was being shown, it seemed to resonate more with me because of the way that you can set up traps and just the intensity of the encounters. Again, though, other than what we saw is that a microcosm for the bigger game where does it go it feels kind of like no man's sky but with robotic kind of wildlife and the fact that everything is inorganic is such a kind of turnoff for me i don't know what it is but it feels like all those alien movies where the aliens all look and sound alike or all the zombie movies where there's just no originality to the design or the approach it just feels simulacrum it's all the same but I do want to say that I do credit Sony and Guerrilla Games for trying something out of the box. You know, they could have told uh, Sony, yeah, we're going to just do another Killzone game, and, yeah. and that's that's it. But uh, at least they're trying something different. Although, uh, as many have pointed out, that it seems that that type of environment with Wild, with Horizon, and with some others is now being done as far as concerned because people are going so far away from the the shooters as far as it's concerned the modern shooters and and the modern environment uh or, or even the the um you know mad max fallout 4 type deal as far as it's concerned and get away from the apocalypse type deal as well so they're trying to choose something even different you know what it seems like these game makers they fall in love they they see something and then they fall in love with it and then they'll discard it at the moment's notice yeah, uh, and it just seems that that that's the case right now. That they're all falling. A lot of them are falling in love with this type of the frontier, far cry, far cry primal, and things of that nature. Yeah, it's it's the frontier. It's the untamed wilderness that everybody seems to want to embrace. Which and, is... and, and if Red Dead Revolver Two, you know, comes out, uh, Red Dead Redemption, excuse me, Two comes out, and and that does what you know you and I would expect it to do, then everybody will start making westerns, and it just goes. You know, it's a pendulum. You, I, I, speaking of Westerns, and I hate to jump off talk, topic because there's more Paris games we could PlayStation talk about. Did you see Hard West, what that looks like and why I'm probably excited about it? Uh, I did. I did get a chance to it, and it does show a lot of promise. But, you know, you and I both know at this point, it's like you got to temper that enthusiasm like I did with No Man's Sky. It's just because at No Man's Sky, at first I was just so so emphatically in love with it and then i just realized you know what i just i want to see I, I that those vertical slices that sometimes they get you and they hold and grab you and you that's the image you have and then when you sit down and play the game it's it's not battlefront i know for many it was the same way so so for those of you that don't know hard west is a turn-based strategy um i guess you could say kind of rpg it's it's yeah. essentially XCOM in the wild west with spooky supernatural elements but to a high degree of difficulty which a lot of people that play XCOM will probably enjoy where every shot counts you can actually get shot or shoot somebody with your you know your peacemaker and take him out with one bullet if luck is on your side so it seems like they've really tweaked some algorithms that sound super interesting i'm looking forward to hard west i don't think there's a console port but because XCOM 2 is strictly PC that might be one that I pick up. Should I ever get through Divinity in time? Exactly. Kind of or, um, and you know, I'm going to ask for Alkaline's wet, uh, gun for you as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Because I know that comes out the middle of November. So I'll be uh, asking our friends at Maximum Games, hopefully, 
um, for for that one as well. We should so, talk to those guys about box art. See what yes. they say. Yes, indeed, indeed. And then uh, I want to talk about like I just briefly mentioned it. Uh, obviously, the game that's on many ellipse, um, Battlefront. Uh, I mean, I love that trailer. That was an awesome trailer. Um, voice acting aside, because uh, that always you know I have issues <laughs> with that part of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's why I've talked about Jay on end. I said, you know, if you can afford all the to to recreate the experience, to recreate the sounds, why not just take and you and you have rights to to get these things from the movies? Why can't you spend that little extra more and just grab those samples of of audio? What did I, what did I say about Transformers Devastation? They chose to invest in the voice actors instead of maybe some other game elements. We all know for Battlefront. It's about the game elements. People will forgive the crappy voice acting if the game is solid. Transformers Devastation is banking on those voices, sounds, and looks. That's the difference between the the two things, you know. Just it seems like you you know you have this this awesome awesome Sunday and you forgot the cherry on top and it just you know just. But you still got ice cream, Gerald. You still got ice cream. That's true. Did you get it? It's just a bowl of cherries. And I know you mentioned before. That's true. That's true. And I know you mentioned before, as far as your uh, disappointment, as far as what you saw at GameStop Expo when we were there. Um, I, I know you were out, um, actually, still in Portland, I believe, at the time the beta was running. So I know you didn't. I don't know if you got a chance to even try it. Didn't get a chance to try it. I'm hanging up my stormtrooper outfit. I'm good. Fair enough. I've Fair got enough. too. I've got too much going on between the documentaries, Divinity and XCOM. Well, Jay is uh, your your partner in crime. Jay actually is still on that bandwagon, of course, being the the mega fan that he is. Sure. And and he is uh, still saying he's going to review it for us. So I'm I'm very hopeful for that. And and I know he's got a lot, lot of he has to deal with as far as is concerned. But I know Battlefront is is one of those things. Uh, uh, you know, and we'll talk about in the later podcast. Actually, uh, I believe on our next podcast, we'll talk more about the Force Awakens and all that. Sure, so yeah. we'll go into uh, going into too much there. But um, you know, and then one last thing I want to talk about with with Sony and Paris Games Week was the Uncharted Four um, trailer for their for their multiplayer. And I'm kind of I don't know, as someone who who was kind of saddened to see Amy Henning and that whole side go, and them them rework the story and and change it to the folks from The Last of Us. Not that, you know, Last of Us isn't, you know, a, an outstanding game on its own right, and but they obviously wanted to go into a different direction than where Amy Henning was heading. Um, and it obviously has, has, you know, transferred itself into every format of the game, including the multiplayer, uh, which is now including a, a whole bunch of uh, mysticism and supernatural elements, which were only hinted upon or shown in small bits and pieces within the games of the previous nature. Um, does this concern you as far as the, you know, as far as an, um, multiplayer is concerned? I, I don't know if you were, you were going to try it or whatnot, um, but it's something that's me, for me, that is a, a hardcore Uncharted fan. You kind of concerned that, that, that they're going in that, you know, just a complete right turn as far as the direction is concerned. Uh, I've only played a, a handful of Uncharted multiplayer. I think Uncharted 2, Jay and I played a bit, and it was okay, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't playing Halo multiplayer the way that it, I wanted it to be. It just never clicked for us as a multiplayer game. As far as the Supernatural storyline, hey, mm-hmm. every every action-adventure franchise has a Temple of Doom entry. You know what yeah. I mean? There's, there's, or a crystal skull entry would it would it pick your poison? There's always one that wants to push it too far, and another one that'll dial it back to to, to the realism, like a raider. So, I like Uncharted for the single player stuff. Um, I'm I'm pulled into you know the whole treasure hunting thing. Um, fair enough, fair and, enough. And I don't mind the supernatural. We'll see how it plays out in the whole story. I mean, we'll see to what degree. No, that's no, actually, as well. I, I'm still. As me as an Uncharted super fan, I'm looking forward to the game as a whole as well. And um, I think it was a good performance by Sony overall. I I, I commend them for for taking the the challenge so late in the uh, well, actually, you know, bordering on the real holiday rush season for for reminding fans, you know, what to look forward to if you want to own a PlayStation. And uh, which you know leads me into my next topic because uh, they're you know 
leaning so much on fans, you know, wanting to buy what's coming up in the future, they don't have a really whole lot to go on as far as from a first party standpoint now. But when it concerns them and the Wii U, which uh, reported their numbers recently as far as uh, 1.2 million units sold in the past six months, but strong sales for both Splatoon and Super Mario Maker, of course, um, do you do you see that as a sign of weakness heading into the these you know what typically is the most busiest uh, shopping season as far as it's concerned for both PlayStation and Wii U? Not not really concerned to be honest. Um, PlayStation has a price cut, I believe. You know that's the yes. best kind of first party thumbs up that you can get. That's better than any any kind of game, really. I mean, what what else can can you ask for? Uh, you know, I think it's always a good time to buy a console, and there's going to always be people that want a console for Christmas, or they're looking to get one on Black Friday. Uh, so it's always a good time. There's enough stuff in the library already that they can do that. Uh, exactly. That's and, and and I think for the Wii U, it's the same thing. I think Mario Maker and Splatoon are strong entries this year. I think there's a lot of kids that hope they get Mario Maker for Christmas. And also, you know, with the Mario Kart 8 bundle, and obviously, you know, Super Smash Brothers that that's still you know readily available and might be at discounted prices this year. Uh, it makes for for definitely a great deal indeed. Um, I know that uh, on our Black Friday page, which you know da 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 da, we are announcing is now live at uh, BlackFriday.html on yourgamesource.com/blackfriday.html. Uh, we already have posted the the you know start of it, which uh, includes. The Toys R Us uh, Big Book, which includes a deal with three games uh, if you buy a Wii U from November 1st to the 21st for $2.99, uh, which includes Mario Kart 8, Legend of Zelda, and another game, uh, which you want to check out, which will be on our Black Friday page. And then that awesome Xbox One deal that everybody seems to be going already. Um, Dell is already putting its money down, so to speak, as far as giving uh, people what they want as far as a great holiday deal. Did you get a chance to hear about that one, Rob? No, I haven't. And I apologize. It looks like my camera, although lit up and says it's functioning, has, has ceased to function. So you're stuck with an audio version only of me until I, until I get this kind of sorted. I, I haven't heard any of those deals. Those are exciting. Uh, we'll be buying oh. our next one, or an Xbox One, but, you know, try Well, if, if you're interested in an Xbox One out there, you want to check out our page, uh, yourgamesource.com slash blackfriday.html. Uh, it is our most popular page by far each and every year because um, we personally, uh, well, okay, I personally loaded up with all the deals uh, as far as it's concerned that will be, you know, displayed during the Black Friday season. So as they appear on all the Black Friday pages, the one, the, the, the specific deals for gamers that they would be interested in I actually will put on that page. So you gamers will know exactly what deals that are going to be out there for Thanksgiving and for Black Friday. And if you want to check it out right now, there's one heck of a deal that Dell is offering on an Xbox One uh, for uh, Thanksgiving. I'll let everybody know that. It's going to be uh, starting on Thanksgiving while supplies last. But if you want to check out what that is, um, you so let me let, right let me ask you the big question. You, you said you know Wii U and PS4, and hey, my camera's working. Wii U and PS4, no big reason to buy a system. Is there a big reason to buy an Xbox One right now? Or is the price dropping up? Let's say you have a PS. I have a PS4. Why would I buy an Xbox One? Well, if I didn't have any systems right now, and I looked at uh, you know just going off of value. Um, if I had that, you know, know that Dell deal is going on and, and the price is going to be roughly around $300 or similar to what the Wii U is um, with the lineup of games that they're offering right now from a first party standpoint uh, with, with Halo uh, also as well with, well, their, their alignment with Laura Croft and getting Tomb Raider uh, for a year exclusivity and, and what they're offering with Forza and, and other things. Um, it's a really, really solid system as it's shaping out to be. I mean, it's much different from their past. Obviously, it's much different from the way they introduced it. They're becoming more gamer-centric every single day. Um, I, uh, you know, I know that's going to come off like an Xbox fanboy, and I actually spend more time myself on the PS4. But in all honesty, 
but you know with the xbox one for people that are out there that had the previous xbox system as well uh this this you know could be the year that that you might want to just actually get get that money put that money down and get an xbox one or at least heavily consider it because it is becoming more competitive with the ps4s from a value standpoint and they're bringing out 360 compatibility now right yes that's that's kind of like their big thing their future touting they're rolling that out in mid-November. I think the 13th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they're going to make a lot of these games, 360 games, uh, compatible so that if you still have them, you'll be able to play them uh, on your Xbox One, uh, which, you know, for a lot of people, that that could be, you know, a great value indeed. Because uh, sure. PS4, PS4 can't match that right now. I mean, it has PlayStation, you know, as far as the, the services that they, they provide, uh, but they usually come at a... a great cost to play games from the past uh, but you but you heard about what they want to do for their up for like the big system update possibly next year right yes yeah i've heard rumors of that and i'm hoping that they'll 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 do that classics yes yes. i mean how great would that be that that would be great and and i would love to see is also as well uh them taking their their current cloud system and instead of charging so much for renting or you know buying uh, make it available to to PlayStation Plus consumers at a much reduced rate, if not free. Um, that would be just a great way of saying thank you for for making them the current leader as far as in console sales. Um, and and for Xbox One, I think the time is is now for them to capitalize because they're the only company right now of the three that are actually have uh, a a. a you know, a decent allotment as far as first party games or, or games that are lined exclusively with them that they can stand behind. Whereas with Wii U and PlayStation 4, you know, they have Super Mario Maker and uh, with uh, Uncharted Collection as far as their main entries. Um, if they cannot do it at this point, as far as gain us, you know, any type of stronger foothold within retail sales industry, uh, then definitely you might want to just go ahead and just count it down for this console generation as far as PlayStation 4 is concerned. Are you going to get a Wii U? Have you have you made up your mind on that? I've been grilling you about this since I Stop Expo. I'm waiting on our good friends at uh, Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada. Um, okay. It's all up to them um, as far as it's concerned. But I cannot uh, say 100% because uh, I have... Sure. Uh, certain other individual ears that that uh you know right uh yeah yeah so we want to i got you i got you we'll see if everybody's on the naughty or nice list yes ikshnay on that shnay because i can't do that shnay i can't say that shnay right now gotcha gotcha yes yes yes. very cool but uh you know we will press on and i know we talked about battlefront but do you see you know speaking of retail sales do you see battlefront or fallout for um, not just chasing the Call of Duty dream, but surpassing the Call of Duty dream, um, because you know, Call of Duty every single year, maybe they're they're going a little bit on the downside. Sales might be sliding a little bit. Do you see either one of them outperforming Call of Duty this holiday season? I think Battlefront's got a really good shot. It's you know, it is a multiplayer game, and it has the marketing power of everything Star Wars behind it. It's been, what, a decade since the last entry in the series. Even though I'm not a fan, it's going to be hard to downplay the excitement for that. That exi- I mean, everybody was talking about the beta. Yes. Everyone was talking about that. Nine and a half people, we uh, nine and a half million people played it, you know, so it's just, my gosh, just it was out there. They, that was a brilliant marketing move on their part. Let, let's face it. Battlefront is new. Call of Duty is common, you know. It's common. People know what they're going to get. There's some interesting things about Call of Duty this year, apparently, but it isn't the new game that ties in with the most anticipated film in the last 10 years. Yes, I, I certainly agree. Uh, and you, have you got your tickets already? That's all I ask. Awesome. I, I have to wait until Monday. We can talk about Force Awakens on, on the next episode. But Absolutely. It's Absolutely. a long and then, story. And then also, we're going to play Over Under as far as sales are concerned over under which uh you know for all the various games this holiday season that you can uh like because we're here in vegas and they do over unders all the time so we gotta you know when in vegas you you gotta do something that's sure i like over under i do that a lot with my friends i don't like it it. (laughs) when's day gonna get up over under the push is 9 32 a.m there you go Over, over under I'm going to take over. I'm going to take over on that one. There you go. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
Uh, and we talked about the Wii U earlier, and we know one of the projects that's in development is a uh, Legend of Zelda, uh, as far as a remake is concerned, a certain remake that uh, I know a lot of people such, maybe even yourself, had in mind as well, um, but also the Legend of Zelda as far as the open world, a new game in the series. Um, and I wanted to talk about as far as, do you think at this point that maybe they should hold off until the, the NX is released? Because, you know, there's rumors that they're talking about the, the NX being released as early as the holiday season next year. And if that is the case, would it be in our best interest to, to maybe put it on just that platform as a, as a launch title? What are your thoughts as far as this concern with The Legend of Zelda, the new title in development, hopefully coming up very soon? I think Nintendo needs to release it as soon as they can. We've seen in the past Nintendo has no problems re-releasing Zelda games. So let them re-release it as a launch title and have something special to do with it on the NX, if that's the case. There's nothing wrong with that. That's going to be the reason that people maybe jump to the new Nintendo console, which is rumored to be you know, carrying current tech spec chips that can compete with the PS4 in terms of hardware specs. If that's what people want to jump to the NX, great. People that have a Wii U right now, they want to play Zelda now. Put it on both. They didn't have a problem with Twilight Princess going both on GameCube and the Wii. Good point. Good point indeed. Yeah, I, I, I can totally agree with that concept as far as the concerns. So um, let's say it does come out the holiday season, the NX is concerned, and then they uh, go ahead and release the the for, you know, have a version, maybe a special version for the NX with improved graphics or, or what have you, improve more content, what have you for the NX, but still have a Wii U content that's still that that's still made available. I, I yeah. would agree on that assessment as well because, like you said, they need all the help they can get after what. Uh, yeah, and even if Zelda's ready to go for September next year, and they've already announced the NX launch Zelda in September. You want to play the new Zelda game? You can play it in September on the Wii U. If you want to wait for the NX, well, you're gonna to have to wait till that comes out in mid-November. And that uh, that seems like a very fair point indeed, and and it seems like something Nintendo might actually be thinking up with at this time. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, yeah. And the last thing I wanted to talk about is, uh, you know, there's another game this week and all this hubbub with everything going out, Halo going out, um, obviously the the new, uh, what, you know, Divinity and, and Darksiders 2, you know, you know, as far as their that uh, Definitive Edition also coming out as well. Um, but one of the other titles that came out this week was WWE 2K16. Um, and I know it's dear, near and dear to, to one of our colleagues, Jamie's heart, as far as is concerned. But uh, I wanted to get your thoughts is something that's been <sighs> previous iterations have not fared so well as far as from a critical standpoint, but it still seems to be a solid seller indeed. Um, do you think the, you know, with the game that just came out, the game is getting, you know, pretty good reviews at this point in time. It seems to be a little bit more fleshed out from previous years. Do you think that might need to be in need of a break um, as far as for, for is that concerned or is it something that, that WWE can, can constantly put out year, 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 year over year and, and still uh, see the, you know, the fruits of benefits of that? Look, it's sports entertainment, right? Nobody begrudges a Madden title every year. You know, if you're into Madden, you're going to pick up the new Madden. That's the, that's your staple. If it's NHL, it's NHL. If it's FIFA, it's FIFA. I think that, you know, WWE probably has a strong enough following that they think that they can justify it. The challenge with all those games is how do we make it exciting and fresh every year? They're touting that they have over, what, 150 wrestlers in this one. Yes. Yet the women's That's about, division, that's about two-thirds more than what they had last year. But the big complaint is that the women's division isn't largely present. So, you know, next year, guess what? They'll probably try to focus on probably the women wrestlers in, in that I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it no more than the call of duty stuff it's it's a sports title in, in my mind it's not a, a franchise that i've played in a long time i think i got 2k 13 was the only 2k entry i've got and then before, going back it'd be nwo versus wcw uh, wrestlemania 2000 no mercy the n64 titles um I, I don't see anything wrong with it um i think it's justifiable okay fair enough uh I just have an issue usually with the way WWE promotes it because I think the sales initially could be stronger. I know that's a, that's a title that's going to sell month over month uh, as far as longevity is concerned, but I think off the bat it it suffers from from a lack of publicity 
um, because I don't think WWE goes out of its way to promote it as much as they should. Uh, every year, I you know when I when I maybe glance at you know what shows are on as far as from either Raw, SmackDown, or pay per views or the WWE Network is concerned, I think that I don't see enough of touting of the game as far as in its physical state, and I get more from um, you know my dealings on sites, interacting with video game sites and whatnot. But to me, the WWE, like you said, it is sports entertainment, and it does, to me, cater to more of a casual uh, interest than, let's say, uh, the hardcore gamer. From a personal standpoint, I think it connects with that audience. And thus, I think it should be more heavily promoted by the WWE, and it's in their best financial interest to do so. So every year I'm leaving... You know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself as I see that, you know, any of their programming is why don't they make, go out of their way more for that game? Um, but even despite that, it still seems to sell, you know, fairly well year over year. And uh, I, I know this year's is substantially better than last year's. And as long as it continues that trend uh, year over year, it, you know, I guess it can be um, still repeated, uh, not without a problem, just like like you said, with the Maddens and the Call of Duties of the world, because if we still have those year after year, no matter how much people, you know, either moan and groan about it or tout it, um, we, the same can be said for, for the WWE franchises. Assassin's Creed, though, that I might have issue with on our next podcast. So We'll, we'll have to wait till that episode to talk about Assassin's Creed, because I've heard some interesting things about the most recent version of that talk about bundling sony hardware with stuff it's interesting to see what they're bundling with the new assassin's creed to clear the warehouses yes exactly indeed um so any last thoughts uh you know it's we're we're shutting down here for game source podcast 132 but i want to make sure that that you know not only am i grateful that you're on the show with us rob as always um but i want to make sure that that everything is laid out on the floor as far as you know what you have going on but also uh you know with all of the great things that have gone on with nintendo quest i just everything's out there it's happening nintendoquest.com if you haven't checked out the movie again the power tour episodes are linked on our main site as well uh today was the big announcement for box art a gaming documentary you can check us out uh at facebook.com slash box art doc we're on twitter as well box art doc um we do have our website out boxartdoc.com it isn't uh live yet we have the domain you should see it live and it'll basically just point to our facebook page and have our synopsis and stuff but lots of great things in the work uh, i love being here i love being able to announce uh, the box art doc on your game source podcast streaming live on twitch and google hangouts always fun i can't wait for the next episode which is tomorrow i believe that's correct uh you know I, while there were people still available as far as staff members uh you know that that were so graciously uh hoping to get on i know josh is itching to get on tomorrow with us uh i had to just jump on that and get get going with that but uh we are most appreciative uh that you taking the time out in your busy schedule and indeed sure. not only today's podcast but tomorrow's uh or the next podcast as well i should say if if uh, customers are listening or consumers are listening out there at a different time. Um, we want to thank everyone for, for watching, for listening. Um, this is Gerald, better known as Yes Elvis Lives. Once again, we are Game Source on Facebook, at Game Source on Twitter. And if you also want to hear another great podcast, this man right here also hosts it uh, on GamerCast. And you can catch that and find that you know, off of nintendoquest.com, I'm assuming, correct? There's links there, and it's on iTunes, uh, GamerCast with J. Robin Glenn, nesclub.podomatic.com. It's nintendoquest.com. We made it so simple. And, and if you forget that, you can head over to yourgamesource.com, and there's a special link. We have a special unofficial page for the unofficial documentary for NintendoQuest, and I might have it on there, too. So uh, just to let you know and on that, plus a lot of great thoughts from uh, Rob, uh, as well and we're just so appreciative to have him a part of the team and part of us here the experience here at game source uh, once again at game source on twitter game source on facebook game source on twitch and youtube we appreciate you watching listening and hope you have yourselves a great day 
Do you love games, breed games, and bleed games? Then this is the crew for you. If you are interested in editorial, podcasting, live events, and exclusive content, make sure to hit us up at info at yourgamesource.com and become part of a team that is dedicated to delivering all the greatest and latest in gaming news and content, all here at yourgamesource.com.